As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen, and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser, Fumangali, from the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one, Lindsey is in, Janovich the fullback. Janovich, hit, nice big hit there by Kendrick, he continues to dig, he's not, they call a touchdown! They call a touchdown on a one-yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end, Noah Fan. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fan takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. And Zonkar, touchdown, Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exercise the demons of another doomed season. I have exercised the demons. This house is clear. The things I do for the Huddle Up Podcast listeners, welcome in everybody to the Huddle Up Podcast simulcasting live tonight, a little bit later than usual on YouTube and Facebook. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. It might appear as if I've had a stroke, but what actually happened is I spent over four hours in a dentist chair tonight, and then I jumped Mm -hmm. in my car and I rushed home to get in front of you guys so that we could talk about the momentous press conference from today, Elway and Fangio, and we're going to get to that. But I'm going to have to kind of take a back seat. Zach's going to kind of steer this conversation. I'm going to be involved. Don't get me wrong. But, Zach, uh, how you doing today, bro? I'm a little better than you, I guess. Chad, I ho- I'm glad your appointment went well. And uh, knock wood, it's not actually a stroke. It's it's less significant than that. You'll be back on your feet in no time. But, yeah, we're going to try to go through these questions today. I guess I'll, I'll take a minute here to shout out the people that are early in the room uh jason what's up Stu? i see you thanks for joining us tonight Stu. air traffic control that's a cool nickname haven't seen you uh travis jordan dre russell what's up guys jake thank you all for joining us tonight what did you guys think real quick about the, if you guys heard the presser today what your instant reactions are we start you, we have the article on a mile ahead of right now the drew lock was named the starter for 2020 what do you guys think about what happened today what do you think about the lock story we want to know it's a little more interactive tonight i feel like with chad on the on the injured list he's a little he's on pup for this evening so we'll take it uh a little differently tonight yeah i'm not i'm not completely incapacitated but 
I can't quite enunciate the way I would like to. And I still like, I'm looking at myself in the reflection here on the screen. It's like my face is going down. Like literally this whole side of my face is numb, but we can still, uh, you know, talking. I don't need to look cool. I just, I just need to know what I'm talking about. And that's no problem. This is the overtime podcast network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Sorry. And, uh, you know, air traffic control says, I feel like we were a playoff team uh, this season. I still feel like we were a borderline. Yeah, if things broke a certain way, Chad, I mean, a couple last second uh, losses would have went their way. If they would have had a better quarterback the first eight games, we said it yesterday, they would have definitely been in the AFC wild card mix right up there with the Titans and the Steelers. So they are so close. Now that they have a quarterback, they have a team to build on now, the proper coaching staff in place. All the coordinators will be back. Fangio said today, always said today. Um, I do believe next year, I'm not hoping for a playoff berth. I'm actually expecting a playoff berth. I think they will be back in the tournament next January. It was kind of interesting when Elway was asked, well, they were both asked the question, is it a realistic expectation for the Denver Broncos to shoot for the playoffs in 2020? Elway, right off the cuff, yes. Fangio, you know, he kind of hemmed and hawed, dissembled a little bit like, well, you know, it depends on if we win enough games, et cetera, et cetera. But I loved Elway's confidence. Like, he kind of downplayed Drew Locke, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that tonight. He kind of downplayed the implications of of Drew Locke's five-game reign as the starter. But you could tell by, I mean, just reading between the lines of what Elway was saying, not only that, but the actual content of what he was saying, they're excited about what unfolded with Drew Locke at the helm these final five games. Yeah, and as well they should be. And we said it yesterday, this has to feel so good for John Elway to get up there. And we kind of predicted that he would come out in this press conference, Chad, and make Locke the no-doubt starter for 2020. It has to feel great for him, considering all the criticism he's faced. A lot of it well-deserved. A lot of the quarterback misses he's dealt with the last couple seasons. He finally has that franchise guy. And he says, he even admitted today, I have no other choice. I cannot get up here and say Locke's not going to start. There's no alternative to the guy who's finished 4-1 and one and is looking like a franchise quarterback. To me, though, it's not surprising Fangio being the wet blanket that he is. is kind of throwing some, some cold water on the hot prospect here. But that's just his personality. The bigger takeaway is Elway finally got it right. And I think he's 
his turning over a new leaf approach really came out in full focus today. He wouldn't have done this last year. He couldn't have done this last year at Case Keenum, but he finally has that young prospect. He finally has that hope under center. And I truly think Elway, knowing him, he's reveling Chad in this. I mean, it wasn't quite the ringing endorsement I was hoping to hear. And I think the reason for that, well, we, we can read the quote verbatim, but I think the reason for that, honestly, is because Elway kind of gets caught up in the football espionage aspect of telegraphing the team's intentions on any level, even though it's plain to see for everybody that's paying attention that Drew Locke should be and deserves to be and will be the guy in 2020. Elway says, quote, I don't see any options right now. Obviously, he finished and did a heck of a job and won four out of five games and played well, but he still has a long way to go. He has a lot of work to do. We're excited about where Drew is. I don't like to show our hand but I think it's unrealistic to say that we're going a different direction, close quote. It's like, is that really worth that much to you, John, that it's an hmm. obvious situation? Why not just get out in front of it and milk as much momentum and power and energy and juice out of anointing lock the guy for 2020 as you possibly can instead of kind of a, well, I don't really have any other options. It was pretty evident. Locks our guy. Like, just get out in front and say it. That was the only thing that disappointed me is I think they could have been a little bit more emphatic in how they postured lot going into the offseason. I think, Chad, you and I kind of switched brains today. I'm a little more optimistic on Elway's comments because for him to say, I don't like showing my hand, and then he, he actually goes and shows his hand, that is a huge admission for John Elway, a guy whose pride has stood in the way of making good personnel decisions. He's finally admitting he can't argue this. He can't step in and veto the, the Drew Locke experiment. It's going. It's on a good path right now. And I think he hit on a quarterback, and he knows he finally has the guy. So while he has to kind of temper his expectations and maybe not set too high of a bar for next year, I'm actually excited to hear the fact that he's almost admitting in the past he shouldn't have held his hand so much. He shouldn't have been so um, vague and, and so uh, close-chested to everything. So I, I'm actually encouraged about that. But Jason's coming in with a $5, $499 donation. Thank you, Jason, for that. He says, uh, Drew Locke rapping on the sideline really shows how that kid pumps that team up. I'm excited. And now I listen to rap. You know, I took out of that that Drew, they, the Broncos finally have the guy who's getting all the attention by the national media. Almost everyone on yesterday, on my timeline anyway, was retweeting that video, commenting on that on that video in a positive way. They finally have that young, hip quarterback like a Mahomes or like a Lamar Jackson. It's not big in the grand scheme of things. Him listening to young Jeezy doesn't impact his play on the field. But just having that positive look in Denver, that having the guy, that alpha quarterback after so long since Peyton Manning it's such a good look for Denver Chad well and, and players and veterans they that's infectious man they like that a guy you know even a even a white boy playing quarterback for the Denver Broncos has the swag to sit on the bench and rap young Jeezy like it's guys are attracted to that and I don't you know I don't mean that in a weird way I mean that in a competitive sense that's something that guys want to be a part of they rally around that it's it's magnetic and that's something that, like I've, I've told our listeners before, man, if you spend any time within the orbit around Drew Locke, you can tell he's QB1, dude. He's a, he's a very uh, charismatic and, and magnetic human being. So it's good to see that. And it's, it's just another example, Zach, of how I think he's going to be low-key and a, a, a chip, a, a bargaining chip during free agency trying to attract free agents uh, in March. 
That's a really good point, and it, it, it certainly can't hurt having Locke and, and his charisma and his leadership on full display. It cannot hurt Denver uh, in their free agent and their goings and, and their doings. Uh, Jason, another Jason dropping in a $10 donation. Thank you, Jason, for that. Uh, he wants to know, or he says, I honestly believe we just finished our last season with less than 10 wins for at least the next five years. This young team is going to be fun to watch. This next offseason completes the rebuild, and I think that's a valid point. A lot of you know Broncos fans think that Elway is first rebuilding now, but it's been happening since Peyton Manning retired. Slowly but surely, he's tried to cover up some some band-aids, some bullet holes with band-aids, you like to say, Chad. But otherwise, he's been hitting on his two draft classes. He's been leaning on those classes and the young nucleus of talent to carry this team. And I fully believe you have that quarterback now. They need to add some supplemental pieces to him, a wide receiver too, another tight end, some secondary help, some offensive line help. But they are so close to being a playoff contender. And I fully believe, with, you know, I agree with this comment, one more solid offseason – for agency, the draft, they will be a playoff team in 2020. I mean, if you look at it like this, the Broncos ultimately prioritized that that 53rd spot on the roster more, having it available to them more than saying, we want to be able to go to Drew Locke as soon as is humanly possible. But let's say they don't put Drew Locke on injured reserve to start this season. And, you know, he takes that. We learned in week seven, as soon as he became eligible to practice, we learned that he had been cleared and was good to go and could throw for about three weeks leading up to that. So that means, reasonably speaking, the Denver Broncos, when they got out to that 0-4 start, there would have been a good chance that within that next week or two, they could have started Drew Luck. If you dial back the clock that far, the reason I'm talking about this, and let's say even just starting at the Indianapolis game, I think that's a game the Broncos win if Drew Locke is the quarterback. I think the Minnesota game is a is a game the Broncos win if Drew Locke is the quarterback. I think if you're on the road in Buffalo fighting through those prevailing wins, Locke had the arm strength to actually make the offense do something. Maybe it's not it's still not a win for the Broncos cuz Buffalo's a tough team, but it's a more competitive. They're not just getting their butts kicked on the road. The reason I say this is that's how close the Broncos were if, if the, the dominoes would have fallen a little bit differently as it relates to Drew Locke. They might have two additional wins in a, in a very botched season in which, especially that first half of the season, everything, the dominoes fell the opposite direction the Broncos needed them to go almost every step of the way. They could have been 9-7, and seven, even notwithstanding all those things that didn't go their way to start the season. So to think that next year they have a shot at double-digit wins, absolutely. But the problem is this, Zach – you still, I mean, if anything, 2019 proved that you're even farther away from vanquishing the Kansas City Chiefs than you were in 2018. I mean, both games the Broncos played the Kansas City Chiefs this year, they got blown out and just dominated, one of which they didn't even have Patrick Mahomes for half the game. Now, I don't say that to be a mm. downer. All I'm saying is, first, you know, when it comes to an NFL team, their first priority is they're building the roster. Sure, they all say they want to win the Super Bowl, and they do. But the first goal has to be winning the division because that's what guarantees you a trip to the dance. And once you get in the dance, as we've seen before, anything's possible. So even if they're not able to compete with the Chiefs next year in terms of the AFC West crown, they're going to be a double-digit win hovering team that can at least get in on, on the wild card side. I think they're going to have a real shot in that final quarter of the season in 2020. And I think they're set up a lot better than the Chargers are, the Raiders are. I think they're in a good position in that West to take a wild card spot, even if they can't beat the Chiefs. 
I don't necessarily like looking backward here. We can look forward, and I do agree with you, Chad. If anything, they will push the Chiefs to the brink with a healthy Drew Locke in his second season. They can take those games down to the wire. If they could almost beat Mahomes with Vance Joseph, they can beat Mahomes with Drew Locke starting in his f- first full season. Uh, Donald comes in with a 1999 donation. Thank you, Donald, for that. He asks... What is your big picture view for Isaac Yadam? Glass half full or empty? Thought he played well yesterday, but it was tough to tell for sure from the stands. Chad, what do you think? I'll tell you what. He's just one of those players that <clears throat> that giveth and then taketh away. You know, he he shows yesterday he showed some strong signs at times, and then when it mattered most late, you know, when that when that ball was completed that he contested and it was kind of a tie goes to the runner type of situation and they gave it to the Raiders and he was so upset he lost control. He lost his poise. Ended up pulling off his helmet and getting a adding a 15 yards to that drive for the Raiders that didn't need to happen. It's little things like that that continue to haunt Isaac Yadam and end up getting him in the doghouse with his coaches. I think there's still light at the end of the tunnel with Isaac Yadam, but if I'm the Denver Broncos, I cannot go into 2020 planning around Isaac Yadam being right. one of my top three corners. I need, you know, unfortunately he just didn't emerge the way that the team expected him or wanted him to this year. And I think part of that too, Zach, is that he's not the greatest fit for Vic Fangio's kind of zone dominant scheme. Fangio yeah. said today that when it comes to corners, you can either cover or you can't. And while there's some truth to that, you know, you're boiling it down to the most common denominator. There is something to be said for, are you a better man coverage corner? Or are you a better zone guy? Are you better at tailing a guy and stand right on his hip? Or are you a guy that can drop back and and be more instinctual and read the quarterback and read your zones and drive up and break up the pass? And and I think Yadam's more cut out for the old system that Wade Phillips, you mm-hmm. know, had here in Denver. And I'm just not sure he's going to be a great fit for for Fangio moving forward. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I didn't never like this draft pick, Chad, and I think if he wasn't a third-round pick, he would not have a job in Denver still. And the fact that they're so hurting in the secondary and he still can't get playing time. I mean, Bosby took his job permanently when he was healthy, and Bosby performed a lot better than Yadam did. I happen to think he's not all that great. I happen to think he's still a liability in coverage. You saw it in the first half yesterday. And like Chad said, there's glimpses. There's there's positive glimpses you see from Yadam. But ultimately, when the trips are down, do you want him one-on-one with a top receiver? Even a number two, number three receiver? That would scare me. I still don't think he's long for this team. I still don't think that was a good draft pick. Uh, my glass is definitely half empty with Isaac Yadam. So uh, I think we're on the, kind of the same page there. And by the way, it's good to see you, Don. I'm glad you were able to join us on a live pod tonight. So thanks for hanging tight. And all of you guys for sticking with us. You know, we, we went ended up going live about two hours later than we usually do because of my uh, date with the dentist. So thanks for everybody joining us. Yeah, Stu comes in with a 1999 donation. Thank you, Stu. Uh, super chat, superstar every Love single you, day. Stu. Super clutch. Thank you, Stu. Uh, he says the future is bright. Can't wait for the draft. Love the energy Locke is bringing to the Broncos. And that's exactly what it is. You saw it from the moment he was inserted into the lineup. And that's why I was saying wins and losses necessarily do not matter. Stats necessarily do not matter. It's what he brings to the team. It's the intangibles that we have not seen since Peyton Manning. It's those intangibles that Paxlin should not have. It's what made him such a big bust. Uh, Drew Locke has that in spades, not just the arm talent, but up here, the mental processing, the leadership, the alpha attitude. It's so exciting in Denver now. And the, and everyone tweeting about that video, him rapping on the sideline, it's just a microcosm of the national perspective of the Broncos now. It's shifting from a team that harbors old, broken-down quarterbacks into a team now that's young, has full of life, and has a QB1 for the future. 
This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Absolutely. I mean, I'm excited for the future of the Denver Broncos. They finally have the biggest question answered. At least, even if you're the most skeptical of fans, at least you can take some excitement or at least some solace in the idea that for the first time since Super Bowl 50, the Broncos enter an offseason with a guy already decided at quarterback. We know who the guy is going to be. There's no questions about competitions. There's no questions about who we're going to get in free agency. What are we going to do in the draft? We got the guy. That's done. It's and that's that's confidence in inspiring not only in the fan base, but for the team. It gives them clarity and, and something to build around. It's going to make I think Zach this offseason covering free agency, covering the draft, mm, so that fun. much more fun for us. Yes. Yeah, including seeing the culture being built in Denver now with Vic Fangio, a full year on the job, all of his assistants in place, the quarterback in place. It's going to be a fun offseason. It's going to be a very busy offseason starting very soon. Uh, Roger Hobson here, he wants to know, did Chris Harris Jr. play his last game for the Broncos? I happen to think he did. Uh, There was a report that came out that said he had a $36 million offer over three years, so 12 a year, and he did not sign that before the deadline. Um, I, I don't think he's going to get that money on the open market, Chad. But on the other hand, I don't think he's going to have to settle for a prove-it deal or take a hometown discount. He will get decent money somewhere. I happen to think the Broncos should not overpay for him or overpay for him. I don't think they will. I think he did play his last game with the Broncos. Yeah, it was interesting this morning, Troy Rank appearing on local Denver radio, 104.3 The Fan on Schlereth and Evans, let slip that Harris revealed that to him. And then we found out it was confirmed later by other other reporters, and then Elway even addressed it. But, I mean, I'm kind of torn on this topic. I do think it was his last game in the orange and blue. He'll eventually come back, and his name will be enshrined up in the ring of fame when he retires, you know, eventually. But as it relates to the you know next two or three years, and this is something we've been trying to prime you guys for ever since the Broncos ended his holdout by no. just sweetening his 2019 pot without adding any additional years to the to the term. That was, you know, telegraphing basically. Because, I mean, even look at what Elway said today. When he was asked about Justin Simmons, there was no hemming or hawing. 
he it was unflinching. Yeah, right. he's a guy we're going to bring back. We're going to find a way. Mention the franchise tag. Multiple other guys as well. With with Shelby Harris, we'll see. But with Chris Harris, he was like, well, you know, we're going to have to take some time, regroup, see what the other offers out there are for him, and then kind of decide what our budget's going to be, and then we'll figure it out. Basically just, you know, blowing smoke, right? Just basically buying time because he doesn't want to come out and say that we've kind of resigned ourselves to moving on from Chris Harris, but I think they have. It's a great point, and and Elway today was very definitive on Von Miller. He was mostly definitive on Justin Simmons bringing him back. He was definitive on Drew Locke for sure, but he was not definitive on Chris Harris Jr. He said if there's any pie left and he wants to build a team that, that can help the Broncos win a championship, that says to me, thanks but no thanks, Chris. See you later. Hope you have a good you know offer on the open market. I don't think it's coming back. Uh, Jason's jumping back in with the four ninety nine donation. Thank you, Jason, for that. Appreciate you. He wants to know, would you compare Locke's arm strength to Mahomes? I think Locke's arm will stand out more, especially playing at home in that thin air. And he actually did have some loose pre-draft comparisons to Patrick Mahomes. They're not the same type of quarterback, but between their mobility and their arm strength, he has a elite-level arm talent. I would say Mahomes' arm is a little stronger, but Locke is right up there, and I, I firmly believe he's the, the most strong-arm quarterback in Denver in quite some time chat i mean is it apples to apples maybe not exactly but can you compare Locke's arm strength to mahomes absolutely i mean he's like i said you go back to that buffalo game in which i mean brandon allen basically looked like he was playing with a freaking limp noodle on his hanging (laughs) off his right shoulder right he was completely ineffectual and rendered just impotent in the in the face of that win meanwhile you saw on the other side you saw allen the other allen playing really well josh allen cutting through that win with that big arm and I think you would have seen the same thing had it been Drew Locke playing for the Broncos in that game. Arm strength is certainly not an issue. There are a lot of similarities to Locke and Mahomes, and I can see the arm being one of them. And you know what? The next five, ten years, Mahomes versus Locke two times a season, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Josh jumping in with a $50 donation. Thank, Thank you, Josh, Josh, so much. Wow. We definitely appreciate that. Thanks, bro. Uh, it's it's super humbling, and uh, all we can say is we definitely appreciate that. So thank you, Josh. Josh we don't that. recognize you. You're you. I think you might be new, or at least you're new to the to the comment stream. Welcome, dude. It's good good to have you, and thank you so much, brother. What a way to pop your cherry, Josh. Appreciate you. Yep. Um, Black Knight hopping in with a twenty dollar donation. Thank you. Uh, he says that game had me on the edge of my seat. P.S. Got a hold of Fanspeak, and they should fix the Broncos cap numbers and Fanspeak's ultimate GM. Also, where do we go from here in the draft? OT cornerback or wide receiver, it, to me, I'll take this question, Chad, at first, I'll, I'll throw it over to you. We, we addressed this on yesterday's pod. We don't really know, and we haven't really delved too much into the draft talk just yet. We know they're going to pick 15th. The Broncos are locked into that spot. But however the board falls, I think it will dictate who they pick and I think where they'll go. They're not going to draft for need. I don't think they're going to reach. They're not going to draft for luxury. It's best player available. But who is that best player? Is it a tackle? Is it a corner? Is it a wide receiver? You name the three positions, though, that I think are the biggest needs for Denver, and I'd be happy ultimately going either one in, in round one. I mean, I look at this, Zach, as what would I do, and then what do I think Elway and that front office are going to do? And I just really – I'll believe it when I see it that they end up using their first-round pick on an offensive tackle. It's going to – I believe it's going to be corner or wide receiver. And Nick Kendall had a great article up today kind of analyzing – the question of did Deshaun Hamilton do enough over the, you know, down the stretch 
to kind of distinguish himself as the bona fide wide receiver to kind of take that off the board of it being a big need for the Broncos. And the, the, the main takeaway being that, no, if, if anything, he just proved that he's a more than solid number three, the Broncos need a game changing wide receiver two, And there's, there's going to be plenty to go around. I mean, even Nick was saying in that article that it's, it's projected, it's speculated that, perhaps as many as eight to 10 wideouts could go in the first round. Mm. So the Broncos are going to have their shot at a, at a dynamic, you know, number two wide receiver to pair up with Cortland Sutton and help loosen up defenses. You know, one thing like, for example, we're going back to that Raiders game on Sunday. One thing that I loved about how the Raiders attacked the Broncos, they used the screen game, both to wide receivers, running backs and uh, tight ends to, loosen up the Broncos defense and a lot of times it came on third and long situations how come we're not seeing any of that we didn't see Mm. any of that from Scangarello with the exception of here and there and it was always just odd timing the down and distance it just never made sense with the looks they were getting but I think if you get a dynamic number two that's got some straight line speed and some quick twitch Zach then all of a sudden you've got an offensive coordinator going all right I'm gonna start calling more of those type of plays where I can get a guy out in space you know, get him a convoy ahead of him blocking and, you know, let the chips fall. You know, I'm actually kind of coming around on going wide receiver in round one. Maybe not in the top 10 if the Broncos were picking eight. I would hope for maybe a Tristan Wirfs to fall in their lap. But at 15, I don't think the top tackles will be there. And wide receiver, too, is a massive need for this team. So if it's a Ruggs or a CD Lamb at 15, if he's on the board, I would have, I'd be hard pressed to pass those kind of players up. So if Nick is saying, uh, if he's accurate with what he's saying about the receivers going in round one, the Broncos should absolutely get on that at number 15. Now, Dylan jumping in with the $19.99 donation. Thank you, Dylan. We appreciate that for sure. Uh, he says, uh, I think the Broncos need to need two running backs behind Lindsey. What do you guys think? They're going to overhaul, Chad, I believe, the running back room this offseason. Devontae Booker is a goner. I think they're going to make Philip Lindsey more of the bell cow. He went over 1,000 yards twice. They might even financially commit to him. So they're going to make him the bona fide number one. Theo Riddick is going to go. Devontae Booker is going to go. They need, I think, at least two running backs. But one of those guys, Chad, it's something we hammer home a lot, has to be a pass-catching back. He doesn't have to have the talent of Austin Eckler, let's say, even though that'd be nice. But they have to have a guy they can rely on for third downs to spell Lindsey coming in the field for Drew Locke that can catch passes. So, yeah, they're going to probably get two running backs this offseason. But don't look for a, a major investment. Don't look for major dollars. I would look for the mid-round, mid, middle rounds of the draft. This position is so diamond dozen, Chad. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it was interesting that John Elway even publicly took a stance of being open to paying Philip Lindsay a little bit early. But Royce Freeman, look, he's he's kind of proved that he's more akin to Devontae Booker than he is to Philip Lindsay in terms of trajectory and impact. You know, Devontae Booker came in and had an encouraging rookie campaign, led the team in rushing. And then he kind of just got stuck in neutral. And that's what we saw from Freeman this year. And I don't necessarily think, you know, it's it's an open and shut case that that's what you're going to get from Freeman moving forward. But I think the Broncos, you've got a great number one in, in Phillip Lindsay. You need to get him some help, someone that can actually help take the load off from a playmaking perspective, not just from a touches perspective, but somebody mm-hmm. who can share in, you know, picking up some big yardage and, you know, being able to influence the game and make an impact. Royce Freeman's not that guy. So they they def I don't know about two running backs, but they need at least one. 
Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Franti has a good question that I want to kind of get into here because we, it's kind of an outside-the-box question about Drew Locke, not necessarily a positive one. He says that, I want to believe Locke can and will succeed this coming year, this upcoming year, but if for some reason he has an average season, would you guys take a talent like Trevor Lawrence in next year's draft? I, I personally don't believe that he's going to bomb, especially to the point where they would invest that high in a guy like Trevor Lawrence. But in that case, I don't know. I, I don't really see. I can't look that far down the road, Chad. I can't put my my you know my crystal ball on right now. So I happen to think Locke will do well, and I don't think he's going to even run into that problem with picking a quarterback in 2021. I mean, it's fun to spitball, but that's so far down the road. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's just not something that I think – we should really entertain at this stage because you're going to get a full season of luck. Now, if he goes into 2020 and completely tanks, I mean, all bets are off. Absolutely. All bets are off if Locke completely craps the bed. But I think you're going to see Locke take more of a, a leap in year two that's similar to Lamar Jackson, similar to Mahomes, maybe not on the MVP level, but where, you know, the Broncos are in business. There's a new era has officially arrived and it's palpable and it's evident for all to see. And it comes out in the wash. It comes out in the standings. And when that happens, you're not going to be thinking about Trevor Lawrence. Ask us this question again this time next year. We'll have a better answer for you. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, Steven jumping in with a $10 donation. He says, Happy New Year, guys. I'm happy Elway said Drew Locke is the guy next year. Happy New Year to you, Steven, and thank you so much. You're one of the biggest Super Chat superstars we have. Big supporter of the show. We definitely appreciate you. Have a great New Year to you and your family. Uh, Have a great, safe, happy New Year. But yeah, it's it's an exciting time in Broncos country right now. That's everything that the fans wanted us covering the team has wanted the last couple years, Chad. A bona fide QB1, a bona fide franchise cornerstone under center in the most important position in all of sports. So I am personally excited. I know you are. It's good times right now in Dove Valley. We're going to start, and just so you guys can see here on the ticker at the bottom of the screen, we're going to start. This was a great suggestion by one of our awesome listeners, Buona Beast. We're going to start listing the previous days, the previous episodes, Super Chat, uh, superstars on this ticker just to show some some love to everybody who's helping to support the show. These are these are the people who contributed to 
uh, super chat on the gut reaction episode. So just so you know what you're looking at there, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. And you might have donated today. You'll be on the next pod. You'll be you'll be coming across the ticker. And eventually, Zach and I will get a producer that can handle all these things in real time while we just talk football with you. But in the meantime, we kind of have to juggle talking, making it look cool, grabbing the comments, doing all that stuff. So bear with us. And, and we're just trying to figure out as many different ways as we possibly can to spotlight our great supporters on Super Chat. That's right. And we have so many cool things coming for 2020. That's just one of them. So just wait and see what we have for the pod. It's going to be pretty fun. Uh, time for a few more questions here. I know Chad probably uh, wants to rest his mouth for a few hours tonight. So uh, Scott asks, will they keep Flacco this year? or What's his contract terms? I don't have his contract right in front of me, but I can give a quick blunt answer to that question. No, he's going to be off the roster one way or the other. He will not be a part of the Denver Broncos in 2020, Chad. No. I mean, he kind of, you know, I think this is the third time I've used him and Ha today in our podcast, but he kind of treaded water a little bit in the locker room. It was an open locker room today about the idea of, you know, hey, would you be willing to come in and take a back seat and be the backup to Drew Locke? And he kind of said, well, if it meant if it got me closer to playing, then, you know, yeah, that's an option, you know, something I would consider. But it's like, well, no, that's the whole point is you'd be a backup. You wouldn't be closer to playing. You'd be farther away from playing. So is that something you'd be willing to do? Now, the bottom line is, you know, they're going to have to part ways with Joe Flacco and as well they should. And it's going to free up additional coin. They could get, uh, in fact, today, Trevor Judge had a great article, five reasons why the Broncos are bound for the playoffs in 2020. And one of them was just talking about the resources that they're going to have to to build this roster. Free agency, if they cut Joe Flacco, if they cut uh, and don't pick up the, the team option on Ronald Leary, I mean, we're talking about north of $80 million that they're going to have to go out there and re-sign the guys they need to, like Simmons, Shelby Harris, um, and then also bring in some impact players. It's going to be fun to cover. Right. Uh, TG jumps in, $5 donation. Thank you, TG. And uh, this is our last pod before the new year, so I hope you and your family and and your friends have a great and safe, happy new year. Appreciate all your support and the donations. Uh, A couple more questions here, Chad, and then we'll cut it for tonight. Let's see what we got. Uh, someone asked uh, that's a good question about Todd Davis. I wanted to get to Joseph asks, why doesn't Todd Davis flash on screen while watching live 131 tackles this season linebacker like DJ Williams had 147 in one season. His presence was felt on field and seen on screen. What do you think, Chad? Um, I don't know. I think, I think the big he's, he's underrated. He's underappreciated, but he's just not, he's a lunch pail type of, of linebacker. And I get that he's similar to, DJ Williams in terms of, you know, he's always around the ball, but I think DJ was a significantly more explosive athlete in his prime than Todd Davis ever was. Let's see. What does he say at the end in one season, his presence was felt on field and seen on screen. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing with Todd Davis is his, you know, when you talk about a guy that makes a palpable impact where it's undeniable, there's unquestionably this guy made his mark. Todd Davis, it's few and far between. Like A.J. Johnson this year, I could think of three or four games in which he was a standout, you know, make an impact like a pro bowler would. You never really see that with Todd Davis. He's solid. He's good at filling the right gaps. He's pretty reliable when it comes to tackling. But from an athletic perspective, from a dynamic skill set perspective, I think that's the one position. He's got one more year left on his deal, but I think that's one position the Broncos are going to kind of low-key be looking to upgrade this year. 
Yeah, Chad, you kind of nailed it there. I will say that Todd Davis is a throwback kind of player to the old, you know, NFL, the the running kind of game NFL, where he's a thumper. He's a two-down linebacker. He doesn't make those flashy plays, and I think that's partly the reason why A.J. Johnson has looked so well next to him, because you're seeing that young playmaking type of, of linebacker next to a kind of a stone-footed, limited player, not a sideline-to-sideline guy. So that's why you see the big talent difference. And you're not going to see Todd Davis flash on screen. You're never going to see that type of player. He is what he is, and that can serve a purpose, but can also hurt the Broncos as well. Uh, a couple more questions here. A question about Brittany Boland that I saw from Holden Adams. He asked, do you think Brittany Boland will end up being the official owner in the future? Joe mentioned it in his interview today. Yeah, he did say that it's pretty much Brittany Boland's job to lose at this point. The only you know caveat is he, she has to get on the same page as the rest of the family. If they're still squabbling and fighting, it could even come to a sale of the team to an outside uh, you know, prospective buyer. So I believe she's the favorite. And as long as she doesn't screw that up and, and everyone can get uh, in harmony, which is no, you know, guarantee, I think she'll be the next owner of the team. Yeah, but it, and at the same time, he made it sound like she's swimming right now with these new responsibilities they've given her. And I still think that's a couple of years down the road before that ultimately gets decided in which Joe Ellis and the Pat Bowling Trust are going to continue to control the destiny of this team. Like coming out of what will end up being a lockout year in 2021, I'm still not sure it's going to be resolved, but it was interesting for to hear him say, you know, yeah, my, the, the Broncos might end up having to be sold. And he also talked about how he thought Pat would Pat Bowen would be disappointed in the way his family's kind of bickered over this issue and not trusted the trust, if you will. And that also, you know, that they've, that they've, they need unity within the family in order for this succession plan, the way Joella sees it anyway, uh, to unfold and you know make Brittany the owner. It's a lot of dominoes that still have to fall, and I think it's going to be another couple of years before it's ultimately resolved. Yep. Hunter jumping in. This is the last question we're going to take, guys. We'll cut it on here. Hunter jumps in with a $4.99 donation. Thank you, Hunter, for that. We appreciate you. He wants to know, is it almost time to move on from Royce Freeman? Lindsey is great, but they need a more dynamic running back behind him. I don't know that you move on from Royce Freeman, but I think you've seen what he is at this point. You've seen that he's an early down between the tackles, kind of banging running back. He does. He's not an RB one. He's never going to be the workhorse. He's not even a CJ Henderson. He's a good backup player to have. And you need those type of role players. You need depth. You need insurance. But he's never going to be uh, the the thunder to Lindsay's lightning. He's never going to be the sole running back on this team. They're going to keep him, but I think they make him firmly second in command now behind Lindsay instead of a, 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 a timeshare down the middle. I do not disagree. I mean, he's you don't get rid of him. He's still got two more years of a at least average level NFL running back. Unless you can upgrade him and you run out of spots, you move on from him. But you don't just go into the offseason getting rid of Royce Freeman, who's still two years removed from being a third-round pick. Did we grab this one, or was I was I distracted with this? the effects of the laughing gas? I don't think we got that, no. This one last one for our boy Jason. Some of the mock drafts has Denver taking Fulton out of LSU, a corner. I can see that and think they will go defense on the first pick. Zach, that brings up a good point. Last year, they ended up – we thought they were going to go defense with the first pick. It was either going to be Drew Locke or a quarterback at, at pick 10 or, you know, Devin Bush, one of the Devins, if either of them fell, Bush ended up being there. But they kind of threw everyone for a loop, traded back their first pick. In fact, their first three picks ended up being offensive players. I think this is a year where they tried to – in the premium rounds, What I think it was the first 100 picks they have five selections in the top 100 this year. 
I'm betting that three of those picks are defense. I'm not sure if it'll be the first one because I think they're going to try and get a wide receiver. But I wouldn't be surprised if three of them are defensive guys. I can definitely, if there's one position, if they're going to go defense in the first round, it's going to be cornerback. They don't need a defensive lineman that bad. They don't need an inside linebacker that bad. So if they're going to go D in round one, it's going to be a corner. I don't know, though. I still think wide receiver's up there. I still think offensive tackle or guard is up there. We shall see, but I would definitely not hate that pick, if only because you might lose Chris Harris Jr. You cannot rely on Isaac Adam. You cannot rely on Bryce Callahan. So who are you really left with here? They need a corner, so I wouldn't exactly poo-poo that draft pick either, Chad. I agree. I agree. But listen, guys, we got we to gotta cut this one a little bit short. I mean, we're, we're 36 minutes in, so it's not like we've been too short tonight, but we really do got to dial it back because I'm uh, holding on for dear life to do this pod with you guys tonight. And uh, I can feel this, this pain starting to kick in. I need to go get me some of that ibuprofen that they sent me home with. But, Zach, thank you for, uh, you know, making time to do it a little bit later. You're a couple of hours ahead of us here in Mountain Time. And so Always. for you, it's quite late. And thanks for making time for us, bro. Of course. Hope you feel better, Chad. Rest up and get ready to uh, dive further into these comments on Wednesday and more of these presser comments. Absolutely. You guys, just a quick reminder, make sure you're following the show on Twitter. Well, that's not the one I wanted to pick. This one right here at Huddle Up Pod. That is the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then stay tuned because Zach and I, we're off tomorrow night. There will be no pod, but we will be back in the saddle. And we'll analyze a few more of the implications and takeaways from what Elway and Fangio had to say today that we didn't get to some of the Bulls things and we'll, we'll get into it more on Wednesday and probably whatever happens between now and then we'll have a lot to discuss as well so stay tuned for that and of course I'm sure you'll have a building the Broncos on the podcast RSSV to wake up to on uh, Wednesday morning as well so stay tuned for that and also check out the content Zach put up a column today covering uh, what Elway had to say about Drew Locke you're going to want to go check that out at milehighhuddle.com the podcast, we're going to keep coming to you four nights a week. We, we're going to do it, try and do it more, actually, but at least four nights a week as we have throughout the season, the regular season. But in the meantime, too, don't miss out on the written content and the video stuff that we're doing at this site because it's going to be phenomenal offseason. It, it's going to be so fun, Chad, and I, I can't wait to just every step of the way from the Senior Bowl all, all the way to the preseason, the Broncos will be involved, and they're going to make a lot of moves, and I think this is where they position themselves into true contenders with Drew Locke. New team. I think new players coming up, new decade, new era for Broncos football. Amen to that. All right, guys, have a good night. Have a great start to your week. Zach, my brother, we'll talk uh, day after tomorrow. I'm sure we'll talk between now and then, but we'll talk to our great listeners day after tomorrow, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you guys then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, 
the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 